Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Have you ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? Probably not, even though it might be more familiar to you than you would think. The Dunning-Kruger effect is this. You start talking about a topic with someone, and one person knows what they're talking about because of a lot of experience, and the other person doesn't know anything at all, yet they try to contribute to the discussion as though they do. So, for an example, I didn't tell Betty I was going to do this, but um, Betty is a cattle rancher. She knows a lot about running cows. What if we were in a conversation about that, working cows and so on, and she's telling me all about her week, what she had to do, and I try to tell her a thing or two that might be good for her to think about next week. And I have no idea what I'm talking about because I don't know anything about cows except they're brown and they moo. Meat and milk, depending on what kind, that's about as far as I could go. If I tried to do something like that and totally embarrass myself in front of someone who actually knows what she's talking about like Betty, then that would be the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's named after Professor David Dunning and Professor Justin Kruger who did some experiments, and the experiments went like this. Professor Dunning said, after they had asked people questions about non-existent cities and made-up politicians, he said, what we found was that people are quite ready to start talking about things they couldn't possibly know anything about. When we were asking about the made-up political figures or non-existent cities, they couldn't know anything about it, even though they talked about it, because we just made that thing up in our office last week. The Dunning-Kruger effect. Maybe you've been talking to someone, and inside you were rolling your eyes at how they thought they knew what they were talking about and being a contributor to the conversation, but they weren't. Or... Maybe without realizing it, you have slipped into that yourself. How would someone slip into that? It would start by being proud instead of humble. That you would think you have the answers to something when you really don't. Then, what's even worse, when you're full of pride instead of a humble attitude, you stop listening. If you're the expert with the expertise on something, why would you listen to someone else? We're going to read on the pages of Scripture today about God dealing with someone who had a full honor. How would God handle this? How does God handle us when we foolishly think we are an expert in things that really only belong to God? Before we get to the sermon verses today, there was another Dunning-Kruger effect that happened just a few days before. Because Matthew chapter 17, verse 1, starts with after six days. And you might be wondering, well, what happened six days before this? Jesus had been with his disciples, 
And he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they gave him a, a variety of answers of what the talk was on the town about who Jesus was. Then he narrowed the scope and said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you're right. Blessed are you, Peter, because only God has revealed this to you. That's the only way you would have known that. And then Jesus went on to describe what it means that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. It means that he would be betrayed. He would be arrested. He would be crucified. He would be resurrected on the third day. And Peter went Dunning-Kruger on Jesus and had the guts, the foolish guts, as though he were the expert on what the Messiah's path should be. And he pulled Jesus to the side and said, no, no, Jesus, you come here for a second. No, this is never going to happen to you, okay? You're not going to suffer and die. Jesus looked Peter right between the eyes and said, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. That had just happened six days before this on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter's going to get a little Dunning-Kruger on God again. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let's stop there and unpack that a little bit. Jesus could have had a face as bright as the sun and clothes as white as the light every minute of every day that he was on earth. Just like he has had every minute of every day in heaven before he came, as well as since he ascended. But most of the time, he chose to cloak that. And he looked like you and me, a normal man, a poor one at that. On this mountain, though, isn't it something when those three disciples got to see Jesus' full blast glory for a short period of time? And then not only did they see Jesus like this, but wow, out of nowhere, there's Moses. There's Elijah, Old Testament heroes. Moses was buried by God. No one knew where his grave was. Elijah actually never died. He went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And here are these two men, also with faces as bright as the sun and clothes as white as the light, not just for a moment like a picture flash, but ongoing brightness beyond description. They were talking with Jesus. Wouldn't it have been great to be there, hear what they were saying? Other scriptures say they were talking about his upcoming death and resurrection. It was about a month away from Holy Week. So just think of the kinds of things they were saying, Moses and Elijah, to Jesus. 
Well, Jesus, it's go time. Almost there. And man, once we come down from this mountain, it is going to be rough. And then rougher. And it is going to be the definition of no fun to trudge to the cross. The pain, the torture, the taunts. Many are not going to listen to you, and yet some will. So Jesus, keep your heart on them. Keep your heart on that. Not just suffering and death, but also resurrection and ascension. So that as many as possible, anyone from any time, from any country, who trusts in you as Savior like we do, they will have bright faces and white clothes like us. They will be in eternal glory with us. Set your heart there, Savior. Be who we're depending on because you are the only way. Something like that is what Moses and Elijah were talking about with Jesus. Six days after Peter tried to talk Jesus out of that. And then Peter, again, instead of listening, thought he was an expert on what to do when there's three heavenly looking men on a mountain. He was so scared, he really didn't know what to do, and yet instead of staying quiet and listening, he talked and tried to take the lead as though he were the one in control, as though he were the one who had to plan the event. He said, how about we put up three shelters? One for each of you. And while he was still speaking, God made clear who was in control on this mountain and who is in control on any mountain or valley for that matter. Verse 5, while Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. So now all of a sudden the disciples were enveloped in this bright cloud, whatever that means. A voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. Listen to Him. There's a lot of value in that sentence. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came up and touched them. Get up, He said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. God took control of the situation, didn't he? And he did so without ridiculing Peter in this moment for thinking that he was the expert and he had to run the show. A bright cloud enveloped them. The cloud was the symbol of God's presence often in the Old Testament. And here it was again. Literally in the presence of God were these men. And then a voice made it very clear who was in charge and what the story was about the present as well as the past and the future. This is my son. This one right here. Not anyone else. He's not a rookie. He's not someone who needs your advice. This is my son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. Listen to him, God said. Not a suggestion. Not a if you feel like it. Not a later on you can, but now it's optional. Or now you can, but later on it's optional. Listen to him all the time. 
Don't give God the Dunning-Kruger treatment. Do we ever do that? Do we ever slip into Peter mode here on the mountain or six days before? We do. We do. We puff up with pride and imagine that we know something that God doesn't know or even we have an expert opinion to contribute to the conversation with God who knows all the facts about everything and we know a slim fraction of facts about everything. And yet we puff up with pride and as we've seen in Peter here and as we've also noticed from our own life, whenever you're puffed up with pride and you think you're the expert, even though you have no idea what you're talking about, you stop listening. You stop listening to anyone really except yourself, what you're saying to yourself. Which quickly leads us to conclude, I am not the expert. I have boundaries. I am helpless. And I don't know what to do. And when we're stuck in this mode of not listening to God, when we realize that we're helpless with boundaries, tragically, we assume, because I'm helpless, that means God's helpless too. Because I have boundaries, and I don't know all the facts here. Probably means God also has boundaries, and God doesn't know all the facts. Because I can't do anything that also means God can't do anything. We conclude that God is even weaker and less of an expert than we are. If we even get that far. What sin it is to be puffed up with pride, to size yourself up and assume I know more than most people and especially God, and then to minimize Him. The sin of pride. The sin of doubt. It all flows from the same place. It's all an example of us giving God the Dunning-Kruger treatment. Talking about something we couldn't possibly know anything about. How did Jesus handle it? How did God the Father handle it? Instead of going on and on, ridiculing the disciples for their pride and wrong things they were telling themselves, trusting their own opinion ahead of God. They just spoke the truth in love, didn't they? God the Father said, This is my Son whom I love. Listen to Him. Keep listening to Him. Don't ever stop. And then, as the disciples finally pulled back from the Dunning-Kruger effect and were face down on the ground terrified... Jesus didn't cross his arms and grovel over them for a little while and say, about time, you get your act together. No. He's not full of pride. He's not insecure. He's not a bully. He touched them. And he said, get up. Don't be afraid. And then after that, it was just them. What a gift to think about as you go through your life. What are you worried about today? What are you worried about might happen tomorrow? What's coming around the corner that we don't have any idea about today? God knows and God is with you. Just you and God. You will be able to handle it. Because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. 
Jesus came and he did not just blast people away with his full blast glory, a face like the sun, clothes like the light, even though he could have at any minute. No, he hid all of that in order to lower himself to die in our place for our sins so that we could have his promises to carry us through anything and everything, especially when it comes to our heavenly home. God promises to deliver us from evil when and where it touches our lives in his time, even though suffering and going down into the valley certainly is a part of earthly life regularly. But the final deliverance from evil will happen when he calls you out of this life and takes you to glory and gives you a body like his, gives you a face that shines like the sun, gives you a robe that is pure and white and holy and dazzling. That is our final chapter. Because God is the expert, we don't have to be. The Scriptures will never change. This will always be true. Jesus will always be God's Son. The Father will always be pleased with Him. We always do well to check our ego at the door in what we tell ourselves and listen to Him. So just think about how that plays out in life. What you're worried about today. God's Son is with you. He's not going to leave you alone. Keep listening to Him. Stay humble. Keep on not being afraid as you work through it one step at a time. If you have a scary mountain to climb of some kind and you're staring at it and all you think about more and more is, I don't even want to take the first step. What good is that going to do? Jesus is with you every step. And you only have to take one step at a time. Stay humble. Keep listening. Keep on not being afraid. What if there's someone in your life you'd love to reach out to to help them connect to Jesus better, but you're terrified of rejection? You're scared that your friendship or relationship is going to go from okay or even good to not so good or worse if you try sharing Jesus and it doesn't go well and you can't control it. You can't control what they're going to think. Stay on that mountain with Jesus. Just you and Him. Stay humble. Don't give Jesus the Dunning-Kruger treatment when you're reaching out to people. Stay humble. Keep listening to Him. Keep on not being afraid. We can always live like that, can't we? And we can always help others to live like that too. It's such a precious place to be, to say, I have boundaries. I can hardly even control my own thoughts with God's help, let alone anybody else's. The Lord knows so much more about X than I do, and fill in the X with whatever you want. You are never going to be an expert, not anywhere close to the level of what God is and what God knows. But rejoice in that. Embrace that. Enjoy listening to Jesus. A practical thing about that. Often, somebody comes to me 
because I'm a pastor, and so it's common for someone to share a struggle they're having or a problem they've, they've run into, and they aren't sure what to do next. And you know life is difficult at times, sometimes more difficult than others, and, and you know it helps to have a Christian friend to talk things over with. Often, I'll find myself saying something like this, that really sounds terrible. I'm so sorry you're going through this. This is, this is a rough patch for sure. Do you have a Bible verse in mind to help you? Because that's listening to Jesus, see. And sadly, most of the time, the answer is no. I haven't thought about that. But then we can help have a Bible verse in mind to keep listening to Jesus, to keep staying humble, to keep not being afraid, to keep avoiding the Dunning-Kruger effect with God. What an opportunity you have today to do exactly that, no matter what comes up. As long as God gives you breath on this earth, you have the ability to ask Him to help you stay humble, keep listening to Him, keep on not being afraid, keep on helping others to do the same. Because in our lives, we have someone who loves more, who knows more, who is more powerful and present everywhere, and who cares about us deeply. This one in our lives is God's Son. God the Father always is well pleased with Him. Keep listening to His truth. Keep on not being afraid till the day He calls you home and you have your own bright face and bright clothes with all the saints and angels around you. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.